Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Ian Boone. We recorded this in person on Monday evening on my front porch, six feet apart, with masks. Speaking of masks, you can now purchase a mask with Trisha Spencer's lovely Get Up in the Cool logo at the merch store linked in the show notes. You can also get phone cases for the newest iPhone and Samsung models. Special thanks to Get Up in the Cool's newest Patreon supporters, Lynn Guerin, AK, and John Murner. I've had to work a lot harder to keep the show going since March, and it means a lot to get more support. Thank you so much. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Ian Boone. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you so much for having me here. I am so honored that you asked me to come play some tunes with you. You used to live in L.A. I used to live in L.A. But you came up here to work on an animation project. Yes. 
I am a uh, stop-motion animator, which means I spend all day every day behind a black curtain, moving tiny things, incomprehensible <laughs> amounts, and end the day with about two seconds more than when I started. Um, every day. But yeah. it's great. It's amazing. It's, it sounds like fiddling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the most fun job and career you could possibly have, like in all sincerity. Like I, I love hmm. what I do. And I'm working on an amazing movie right now, which is a, um, a Henry Selleck film. Drop those who, names. I'm going to drop the names because it's cool. Um, <laughs> it's Henry Selleck, who yes. a lot of people don't know, directed Nightmare Before Christmas not Tim Burton, um, and Coraline and James and the Giant Peach, and then... Uh, I love Coraline. I love it's Coraline, too. one of my too. movies. <laughs> it's so good. And uh, Jordan Peele and uh, Keegan-Michael Key are the lead actors, producers, co-writers, etc. Yeah. So it's a total collaboration, and it's kind of a dream project, and I'm, like, super lucky to be an animator on this thing. Yeah. But... Enough about animation. This is a sure, sure. full-time podcast. <laughs> but it's, uh, that is why I moved to Portland, because there is a surprising amount of animation in Portland. So you were telling me that you were going to move up here. Yes. And I was really excited to like <laughs> hang out with you every week at the local old-time jam. Yeah, that was going to be And um, then fun. the world was just like, okay, cool, I'm going to fall apart real quick. <laughs> yeah, so I moved here. My wife and I moved here in February. Um, the city shuts down like three weeks later. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we had like three weeks of normalcy, you know, going to coffee shops, looking at apartments, totally, totally out the window three weeks later, maybe four weeks, you know, we'll, we'll give it a little more credit. Um, and then, um, you know, there's been, we've been the center of national protests and the state is on fire and um it's been eventful it's it's uh it's been a crazy crazy move yeah, yeah usually portland isn't this interesting yes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you moved at an interesting time yeah no for sure well i'm glad we're finally hanging out sometimes, yeah me too sometimes like i said uh in my message to you like it takes i mean this whole show is a pretense for me to play music with people <laughs> and sometimes especially now that I'm like doing a lot of fathering, yes, uh, I have to um, use the show as a pretense to hang out. With people, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad. And um, for the people listening, that was Cameron on the fiddle, which I feel like doesn't happen that often on this show. So I'm yeah. glad to be able to Evidence be a, a conduit <laughs> for for um, you to get to play some fiddle and people were probably wondering like wow Cameron's so much worse of a banjo player this week <laughs> no please yeah. I so I don't know you at all except yes. for the ver those like little details that we've already discussed yeah but one thing I know is that you entered the old time uh the online old time banjo contest I did and you played Georgie I did is that what it's yes called? uh which I will play later this evening yes and it totally slapped. It was great. Oh, thanks. It was so beautiful. <laughs> That's so nice. I loved it. And I was wondering, where did you learn to play banjo like that? 
Oh, like that? Um, I am a total nerd and like old recordings and old banjo players and um, kind of decided... I feel like there weren't... I mean, there are people that are kind of doing things in that sort of solo, old-time banjo world, right? You know, sort of... Um, it doesn't have the same amount of, like, resources, I feel yes. like, as, as, like, it doesn't have, like, a slippery hill. It's, like, easy to, like, go online and find, like, a million tutorials to play, like, five miles from town or something sure. on a banjo. But, like, there's not the whole lot of info out there about this, like, sort of, like, I don't know, it's usually, like, kind of a hard-driving, brushy sort of, a lot of it's, like, up-picking and, and, um, just, like, kind of crazy tunings and weird timing and phrasing of things that don't you don't necessarily get with like a fiddle sure um or within the kind of the fiddle time tradition um and i just kind of got fascinated by that and uh started kind of digging into that that solo old time banjo mm. tradition and i never really had a teacher for that um you know, but I still I started getting into that probably like two or three years after I like started playing the banjo in general too. Where, so, where was that? Where are you from? So I am originally from Louisville, Kentucky, um, which I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's I an interesting it. place. It's kind of the South. It's also kind of the Midwest. Okay. Um, you know, pretty like Catholic city, but. Um, you know, college basketball is the real god. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I so I grew up in, uh, yeah, in Louisville, but in, like, a really um, artistic and creative household. Um, my mom is a painter and a graphic designer, and my dad was a musician, actually. Mm. Um, so I grew up around a lot of music, um, what, what kind of music did he play? He played... Um, I would... I kind of hate the term Americana, but, uh -huh. like, I would... <laughs> like, sort of folk rock... Um, sure. You know, Dylan, John Prine, that sure. kind of stuff. Um, sure. He was amazing, you know, really good guitar player, great singer. Um, and so, growing up, my whole world was sort of art and music and creativity and all these amazing things and the community that we were in, you know, all of my parents' friends were kind of mm. in that world and especially all my dad's friends were, are musicians and, um, of different stripes, you know, some, it's still Kentucky, so like, you know, there's bluegrass and, um, kind of folk stuff and country and, and in addition to, you know, just like kind of standard rock and you know, whatever rootsy Americana things sure, sure. <laughs> that is. Um, so I grew up around a lot of musicians and people playing music, and I didn't care at all. Okay, why? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a good answer for that. I just, like, didn't... I didn't dislike it. I didn't dislike music, but I just was totally totally neutral about it. I, I didn't, 
um, I didn't listen to music on my own. Like, I think maybe, maybe because it was around so much. I don't know. But, um, like, I wasn't, like, in love stylistically, I guess, with what was around me. You know, I, I, I like Dylan and John Prine and stuff like that. But, like, it's not, not really my thing. And it wasn't then either. Um, so I think that was some of it. And also, I think... I think I kind of just wanted my own thing. Like, my mom is a painter, my dad's a musician. Like, from an early age, it was kind of like, what is my creative thing gonna be? And it was yeah. never it was never pressured. Like, I didn't, like, have to be an artist. Sure. Um, but when you're around that way of thinking all day, like, you're kind of almost bound to be, I think, there's in some a, ways. There's a certain kind of... Um... I, I want to use this this word divorced from its like pejorative connotations. Yeah. But there's a certain sort of ego like that um, takes up a certain kind of space. Yes. Around like around artists. Totally. And if you're oh, growing sure. up around them and they're just filling all of that space with yes. all of their creativity and all of their sort of Desire and frustration <laughs> and etc. Yeah, I can imagine that being a. Uh, you said there's not pressure, but that is pressure. Yeah, in a way, it's it's like <laughs> it's, you know, and and I was never, I was never good or interested in the things that were immediately around. Like I cannot draw or paint, hmm. at all. Like z- zero ability in any like 2d artistic medium uh i think my dad bought me a guitar when i was like seven Mm. and there's like one photo of me and him like on the couch and he's like showing me a chord or something and i'm pretty sure that's that photo is literally the only time that that happened (laughs) (laughs) like i just don't think i ever picked it up again um so yeah it was just a lot of years of just being super disinterested in music and the way that that changed is a little convoluted. So join me on this, this ride. I, I started getting into animation when I was about 11. And how, how did you start getting into it? How does one get into animation? Good question. Um, I have no idea how old you are. Uh, I am 26. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so when I was 11, I started getting interested in animation. I'd always loved cartoons and stuff. And uh, just, like, you know, had a camera set up and moving little blobs of clay around on the floor and, you know, did that for a few years, making stuff move. And and then, I guess when I was, like, 13 or 14, I was, like, in it. Like, I was, I had, like, decided this was going to be my thing. Like, my mom's a painter. My dad's a musician. I'm an animator. Like, I had made my, like, artistic vocational choice. Did you have a, a, a feeling of, like, relief? Oh, I figured out my thing, yes, so now, like, absolutely. I don't have to prove No, I totally... To <laughs> and I don't think I ever felt like I had to prove anything, but, like, I don't know. I wanted to, like, participate in this creative okay. world, um, which is, you know, I think, I think a lot of kids want to do things like that and don't necessarily always have the the encouragement 
to do it. So I was sure. lucky to like be to be in a a house in a community that like embraced me doing creative things. It's um, interesting that you weren't necessarily very interested in the content of the creativity around you, but <laughs> you were interested in the spirit almost like of the it. concept of creativity. Yeah. Um, huh. And so. When I was like 13 or 14, I was like, you know, getting much more heavily into animation and started making a little like short film series. It was like the early days of YouTube. Um, not that early, I guess, you know, first couple years of YouTube. And I was like, oh, I can like make something and put it out yeah. online. What? Yeah. That's cool. Um, so I started making this, um, I like made like a little animated show basically uh called beaver creek I was, i'm also into like wildlife stuff that's a whole other story but um yeah it was about this this beaver and this duck you know just like a animated like you know whatever they do you know little adventures between this beaver and this duck getting into shenanigans yeah Papers. and at some point i can't remember how i decided this or maybe my dad suggested it or something but the, the beaver character uh, played the banjo. Hmm. Um, and my dad had like a guitar, like a some electric guitar or something that like had like sound effects built into it or something huh. um, that like had like a banjo effect in it. So <laughs> uh, my dad played the like banjo yeah. for this... Um, this series that I was doing, and I'm like 13 or 14, and you know, I started wanting to like really like develop my like animation skills. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like the banjo playing looks like he's actually playing the banjo? Yeah. So I started just like researching banjo players. Um, and was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I like this. Um, which what an interesting backdoor. That's the first for get up in the it's, cool. It's it's kind of <laughs> weird. Um, and so, yeah. So I I got into it basically because I was researching, like you know, what does it look like when somebody holds a banjo? Like how? And then I think that was kind of the first time I'd seen banjo. Like you know, I'm from Kentucky. Like. There are sure. banjos around. Most of it's in like a bluegrass context, I would say. Um, so that's kind of what I was used to seeing, you know, finger picking and stuff. And I think in doing that research at like 14, um, I like kind of realized for the first time, like, oh, there's like other ways to play a banjo. And I remember like being really drawn to like the movement of claw hammer. Mm. Like it was, I liked the sound of it, but, like, I literally liked the way that the hand moved, huh. like, the right hand motion of... You're like, I want to animate that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, probably the nerdiest, like, most crazy way anyone's ever gotten into the banjo, but, like, I kind of, like, fell in love with it huh. um, from there on, but, like, still didn't want to play it like mm. it was still not my thing you know I progressed through 
high school and and you know was was focused on the animation 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 like that was going to be my thing like totally all in on that um and obviously I still am because that's what I do for a career but kind of throughout that time through high school I would get these little doses of like you know kind of you know I would from from learning about like okay these are the distinct banjo styles you know I started like actually listening to it and um found that I really liked a lot of you know early bluegrass stuff mm. and um started finding out more about like early country music Carter family uh Ralph Stanley and and that whole world of things and I started to just get really into it and like I was kind of I guess I was like listening to music for the first time huh. on my own you know in I don't know probably 10th grade or something um you know before that I just like didn't I wasn't like a kid that like even had an iPod or anything like huh. I just wasn't really listening to music so the first time I like kind of found what I liked was sort of through the lens of like this kind of old weird like country stuff that you know Louisville's kind of a city I mean it, it is it is a city but like some of the like backwoods more rural aspects of Kentucky culture sometimes can be um tamped down a little bit hmm. by just like I don't even know by who just like you it doesn't feel encouraged necessarily you know people will laugh at your accent and people will Interesting. um you know tell you not to say certain things or you know that are you know maybe just like, like colloquialisms native or, con Kentuckians yeah will like, be metronormative sometimes yeah. within Louisville sometimes it feels like there's kind of a divide between huh. um you know sort of like I said it's like half the south half the midwest yeah. and half and well not half but you know and then another part that just like doesn't really know what it is so um I I wasn't really sure and I still am not really like culturally you know where where the things that I was liking were coming from you know like was it it was kind of weird to like, you know, early bluegrass in, you know, I, I was, I was the only person I knew that was like listening to, you know, like Ralph Stanley and, or like the Stanley brothers and, mm. you know, early flat and scrugs stuff. And what was everyone, what were your peers listening to? I don't know, a typical, like, you know, mid two thousands stuff or fallout boy. Yeah. And like, um, definitely a lot of like pop country and okay, yeah. and that 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 world does did seep into sure. you know what I was hearing growing up and you know you like go into a grocery store and you know Garth Brooks is on or something yeah. you know it's just present in the mm. the the ether of the soundscape of the that place um and and I was also in in that time kind of getting interested in like classic country music too, you know, 50s and 60s mm. country music, but everything I was listening to was sort of uh, rural-based 
for some reason, even though I wasn't rural based, you know, a suburban Louisville kid, you know. Mm. So that was, um, you know, interesting to, to try and kind of figure out why do I like these things? That's, that's really, this is a really good origin story. Uh, just like period. But also <laughs> like for me, okay, so like my son has been like around banjo and fiddle yes. music his whole life. And for the most part, he's basically uninterested. <laughs> like, most of the time neutral. Yeah. Sometimes positive. Okay. More often than positive, <laughs> negative. Like, this is okay. too loud. This is taking up too much space in the room. Yeah, yeah. Etc. Does he play? Do you, do you get him to play? Yeah, he plays... Well, he doesn't play all-time, but he pl- he's taking... Um, He's taking Suzuki violin from okay. Sophie Enloe, former guest of the show. Right. And I recommend anyone, uh, well, I guess anyone should take lessons with her because uh, she's mostly just doing online stuff now. So. <laughs> but um, it's really interesting. Like, I was thinking about our household and, like, the, the inherent pressure and, like, around like creativity and right. like music and that kind of thing yeah yeah and thinking um it was really cool to hear how you found your own way to music not that I need him to like find some sort of <laughs> really backdoor esoteric way yeah. to, to banjo playing or anything but yeah it's, it's kind of cool um because the yeah the the space that sort of creativity takes up, I think. Totally. Maybe just like in our culture is is kind of stifling because. Oh, for sure. Because you're not really allowed to be creative unless you're like successful. Yeah, and then like the other part, the other like side of that story throughout all that time I was just describing, I was also at a all boys Catholic high school. Oh my god. Um, which you know. Football is king. Like, hmm. if you're not, like, a football player or, um, you know, like, super high-level academics, like, nothing else matters. You know, it's yeah. sort of... And But I was lucky I had, like, three really amazing art teachers that, like, hmm. got me through high school. Hmm. You know, that were just, like, so encouraging. And, like, the school at large just, like, didn't know what to do with, like this weird little artist kid, you know? Like, <laughs> it was like, yeah. yeah, state championships. You're doing what? Animation? <laughs> Cartoons? Something? <laughs> wow. So that that was also happening at that time. So, you know, in a in an interesting combination of environments. Wow. I feel like I have a lot of questions to ask you <laughs> about that that aren't, like, I mean, specifically germane to get up in the cool. Fire away. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be. An I probably need thing. some like therapy. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say like all boys Catholic school. Like I, I'm very curious. Yeah. Uh, oh man. Well, how about we play another tune? Let's play another tune. Yeah. Um, probably only gonna do one more fiddle one. <laughs> then I'll <laughs> take uh, take a break from my heart. Cool. <laughs> play the guitar. I'm gonna do uh, I think some two finger stuff on this oh, one. Great. So. Can you uh, strum a few times so I can make sure I'm still in tune? 
Okay. Cool. That sounds good to me. Okay. Yeah, that sounds okay. really nice. I like that. Thanks. <laughs> all right. you are, I'll let you. I'll let you start off. Okay. Yeah, I did. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot how to end it. <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? Old Aunt Jenny. Old Aunt Jenny with her nightcap on. I love two names that are like kind of run on sentences. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> More than six words. Yeah, Jenny ran that's away the, in the mud in the oh, night. Oh, that's the best that's one. That's kind of my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I know how to play it. I just like the name. <laughs> it's a really good one and a great, even better title. Yeah. So, I have to collect myself. That took so much brain power to play that fiddle. <laughs> it um, sounds so good. And you, are you in cross? Is that? Yes. Yes, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it's I think really cross G cross. is super cool. <laughs> it's really big here in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Everyone loves cross yeah. G. Well, I mean, like I, we were saying earlier, I was hoping to like move here and like mm. get to know the Portland old time scene. And like, you know, everybody talks about like, you know, the, the great old time in the Pacific Northwest and like nope nope <laughs> nope <laughs> not this year well we'll have, we'll have to play a, a few more times before the weather turns yes absolutely uh, well okay 
I guess I'll zero in on this. Yeah. At some point, you started playing two-finger banjo. Yeah, so... Is that because of your research? Um, yeah, so I... I started getting into two-finger right around the same time that I actually started, like, playing banjo. Like, maybe, like, two months after. Right. So, I actually started learning two-finger stuff kind of before I got into more of the, like, weird, brushy, over-the-top, like, Mm. um, claw hammer stuff. Um, or up picking or whatever most of that stuff is. So that's so great because I didn't really know about two finger until pretty recently. Yeah, and that's awesome that you were. It's a super cool style to it as early in your banjo process. Yeah, and so I. Yeah, it was. It was really. Um, it was some of the first like old time music that I heard actually. Mm. Like when I was consciously like aware of what old time is as opposed mm. to like folk bluegrass like Americana, I, I, Americana. <laughs> like I didn't word, I but. didn't really it took me a while to like really understand like to kind of develop like my taste of like what I like um mm. within you know kind of the broad traditional music world yeah. um and you know the the way I actually started playing the banjo like you know I I put it off for all those years like throughout high school and stuff I wasn't even playing yet so I I went to art school in California I moved to LA or just north of LA to this school called Cal Arts and um was there and you know it was it was a thing it was stressful and and you know not quite all I expected it to be so you know there was some like kind of a mixture of disappointment and stress which is never a good combination um and my this is like a typical like move to LA kind of like experience yeah I, I think so yeah like I'm gonna be in show business and yeah then go, and then it's like oh my god totally <laughs> so, so stressful <laughs> I I did after my first year there I did this internship um actually up here I was at, at one of the, at Leica, the big animation studio here in town. Um, and I did this big internship, and I went back to school that year and was working on this, like, short film that was way too big to do, like, way too big of a project. Um, a friend and I, a friend of mine and I were co-directing, and I was animating. He was building all the stuff. And... Um, it got to the point, you know, we're in like, you know, April of that year and just working ourselves to death. Like, I'm I'm literally like on on the, the the set or like underneath the set I've like put like folding chairs up and like wrapped myself in a green screen and that's like my bed for like two months. Oh no. Like I was like getting like two hours of sleep at night. Um like just total exhaustion like complete Uh. burnout I like hated animation at that point in my life I just like needed something else like I just was so done and so I I was just like totally beaten down like exhausted and um, I kind of realized that like at that point listening to music was the only thing that was helping me and Mm. like kind of 
get in touch with reality. And so I, I had another internship lined up for that summer. And I was like, you know what? I can't do this. So I canceled that internship um, and was like, I'm going to go home for the summer and I'm going to learn how to play the banjo. Wow. Um, yes. And it Old was time just music like, is downwardly mobile. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I, I love it. it was like, and I think it was really the best decision I ever made. Like I, well, I mean, one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, like I don't, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd be doing either of those things if I didn't do, I think I would have gotten totally burnt out on animation and mm. had to figure out something else for my life and obviously if I didn't pick up the banjo I wouldn't be playing the banjo so sure, yeah. Um, yeah so I basically I, I drove home from LA to Louisville uh, and like the night I got back maybe it was the next day I like ordered a banjo um, and was aware enough at the time of like the styles like I knew I wanted to play claw hammer I think I knew what it was called like I knew it was like the down yeah, the down, the down thing <laughs> um, and like so you know I was like looking up you know styles of your um, lessons and stuff on YouTube and whatever and then um, a friend of mine told me that like hey there's this new Louisville folk school and I think it was had just started um, and uh, they were offering a claw hammer banjo class huh. and so I took it and it was great. So I was like back home learning banjo and like just decompressing from like mm. the worst year of my life. Mm. And it was amazing. Like it was like so freeing to like be able to, again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, like I, I, I mean, it's probably some complex or something, but like I like kind of, always want to be doing something creative or something with my hands or you know just actively actively making something and making music was never a consideration before that and then like all of a sudden it was mm. and it was amazing like it just like really um filled like whatever like gap that I had been needing of like some other outlet you know yeah where like I can be doing something that feels worthwhile fulfilling that I can do like the rest of my life and keep learning mm. and I can like do that start doing that now and like that's that was really um like such a feeling that I never felt before at that point in my life, you know, that summer. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I was lucky to be in Kentucky in the summertime because you're kind of at the gateway to like a bunch yeah. of cool festivals. Did you go to like Moorhead? That's I did go to Moorhead. So, oh, yeah. um, but the first one I went to was amazing. Um, have you ever been to Seed Time on the Cumberland? No, I've heard the name of it. It is awesome. It's not, I don't think it's so much of like a jamming festival, um, but it's put on by Apple Shop, which oh, yeah. obviously is amazing, and they do such great work, yeah. and um, 
Yeah, it's down in, in Whitesburg. And this was like four days after I had gotten my first banjo. Um, I was like super, I think I was even still looking up like, what are folk festivals in Kentucky? Like, I don't think I even knew like what old time exactly was yet. And after leaving that day, I did. Yeah. Um, Hmm. So that was like the first time, that day was the first time ever seeing like, like real like traditional fiddling and, you know, this amazing banjo style, like, a bunch of different banjo styles, because especially in Kentucky, like, there's all sorts of cool old-time banjo styles. Um, I feel like every every old mountain person had, like, their own way of playing it, you know, Mm. you can listen to old recordings, but even still, like, it's just a very, like, individual stylistic place, Mm. which is really inspiring as well. Um... And so, yeah, that day was probably, like, my most, like, formative, like, musical day that I've probably had since, honestly. Um, or, like, I kind of went in knowing that I, like, liked the, the broad label of, like, traditional music or folk music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then came out knowing, like, oh, I like this, like, weird old fiddling I like this weird old banjo stuff. Uh, and I, like, knew that I could find more of it. And I think that was the most exciting thing of, like, mm. this is stuff that is out there, and I've not really heard much of it, and I can, like, just spend all summer finding it. Because um, I would imagine before that, your mindset about it, around it would be, like, this is an esoteric thing... Yes. ...that I'm going to have to do a lot of digging in order to find individual... Totally. And I don't think changers. I really knew the, like, terminology of, like... Right. ...what to look for. Mm. You know, I... I had listened to a lot of... Um, I, I love, like, the early Stanley Brothers stuff. Ralph Stanley and Carter Stanley. Like, I think they're just amazing. Um, that that kind of bluegrass is just, like, so cool. Um, and Ralph Stanley plays, or played, uh, unfortunately, um, super amazing claw hammer stuff. Mm. And, like, that, like, intense, like, freight train, mm. like, just, you know, he's hitting the banjo so hard. Um, so I think that was probably my, maybe my first, like, introduction into, like, sort of the the claw hammer world of things, you know, back probably a few years before that. So, like, I think I kind of was aware of that. But, yeah, that summer was, you know, I went... And then after that, I went to Moorhead, and that was kind of my first, like, more typical old-time festival. You know, people in tents jamming, and I was two months into playing the banjo at that point. So, you know, I think I could play... I don't even know what I could play. Um, <laughs> probably nothing of any... Were you, like, sitting um, in on jams with, like, traditional Kentucky fiddlers I and stuff? I don't think so. I think I was... Um, you know, I remember sitting and talking a while um, with uh, this great banjo player, um, Earl Thomas Jr. I don't know if you know him. No? I think either him or it might be his dad is on that great, um, like, Kentucky banjo 
old time banjo album. Um, and I just remember like sitting and like talking to him for a long time, which was really cool. You know, I don't know how old he was, probably in the seventies or something. And he just like took the time to, to, you know, sit and like, he he was like, you know, play me something. And Hmm. I'm sure I played something very badly. And he was like, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. Hmm. Um, which (laughs) was really nice. Like he didn't have to say that. Um, and, and I, I, um, thinking back on like all these conversations I probably had with like mentor figures, you know, and like how many times they told me that that sounded good and I totally <laughs> believed them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like God bless those I know. people in those moments, you know. Sometimes like, it's what you need. Sometimes it's not if you want to like really get better. But in the beginning stages, you got to have that encouragement. encouragement yeah. is really is really a good thing. And I think they mean it too. They're just I think excited so. that you're that totally. you're into it. And yeah. Like, yeah, and that's where you should be. Absolutely. <laughs> and um I re- I sat in on like a banjo workshop with Brett Ratliff and and you know, there's all these great, you know, people that are amazing banjo players like, you know, doing this weird up picking stuff and this crazy tuning and I'm just like I just started playing. Um so that was, you know, I I didn't play much that day but it was like my first like true old time festival experience which um got me kind of hooked like mm. I was I was totally like in love with the concept of like the music the community the um the like just like how you can kind of be simultaneously like super nerdy but also super like heartfelt and like in like have an emotional connection to something mm. that also like yeah if i want to like dig through slippery hill for hours i can mm. but i also like it just still like means a lot too mm. which i feel like is a rare combination um and so yeah i was just like really like that summer was like totally life-changing um which sounds super cheesy but um it like really was and i got into uh square dancing via yeah, great uh i think the seed time festival i started i i went to like the square dance there yeah and um and i was like that was another realization of like oh this could be like functional music too yeah like it has a some of it not all of it you know has a a purpose and a form for like this kind of dance yeah so you know that was um that was really inspiring and and fun to be a part of and like there's that square dancing you know in a lot of different places now the the LA um square dancing world is pretty pretty fun and and uh you know there's there's good turnout there we were you know a part of the community and i actually met my wife square dancing yeah. at the la awesome. old time social yeah so like we you know had this like square dance courtship you know in, yeah. in los angeles you know in the you know this in this century this functional music is so people to touch each other i know make eyes at each other <laughs> yes so you know it's it's great like i i am I'm, that's like one of the things that I miss the most in the 
pandemic yeah is square dancing because mm. like that's not coming back for a long time nope um and that makes me very sad <sighs> so yeah when it does yeah when it does it's gonna be so intense it's gonna be great <laughs> No, I mean, I guess t- it'll probably it'll probably slowly grow. Yes, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it probably won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. So I I I really I I love the idea of this music as being like both serving a purpose and just being like fun to play mm. and listen to. And well, it's probably not that fun to listen to. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> honest, let's be honest. Thanks, like, subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the amount of people, like, what do you think? How many people play old time that don't, or that listen to old time that don't play it? It's just Lindsay Terrell. <laughs> Although she plays now too. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. So n- no, no one else. <laughs> Shout uh, out to Lindsay, my old time pen pal. Oh my goodness. <laughs> All-time music's biggest fan. I know. We're so grateful to her. Yeah. Okay, let's play another Let's, let's play, play another, another tune. Um, what did I want to play next? We're going to venture into your, like, more banjo-specific. Yeah, let's do let's do that Georgie that we were talking about uh, earlier. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to play this on the bigger resonator banjo. So Hell yeah. Hopefully. Did you ever play anything in this tuning? It's that... G sharp B E B E. I've never, I never have. It's a stupid tuning, but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, um, I, uh, I tuned my fiddle up to B E B E to play along with your Georgie. Oh yeah. It was, uh, it was tense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was fun. I bet. I don't. Yeah. Is is this an E? Is that what's happening here? I don't know enough about music to be like. Oh yeah, def- definitely. So, yeah, uh, tell me about this tune. Uh, Yeah, so this one is called Georgie, and it comes from Matoki Slaughter, uh, which I don't actually know that much about her. I think she's from Virginia, but one, she has an amazing name, Matoki Slaughter. Really good. So good. Um, Also, hearing her banjo playing for the first time, it's on those, um, like, county... Clawhammer banjo albums um, was like another total just like that's what I want to do mm. like I I think I'd been playing banjo probably for I don't know a year or two when I heard mm. those recordings for the first time and it just like it, it felt different and I don't know that I could articulate articulate why mm. and I still don't know exactly you know in musical terms but like you know she's doing a lot of, of up picking she's just playing playing in a way that like felt like a, a different tradition than sort of the the banjo and fiddle kind of world um, different than like the two finger solo banjo stuff um, you know she wasn't really singing with it. I, I wish I could sing, but I can't. Um, and so, like, it was kind of a way to, like, participate in this cool, um, cool little, like, unsung world of banjo. And, um, you know, there's there's people playing this kind of stuff, but not enough, I don't think. Mm. Um, so, 
this one is just one that I learned. Um, I don't. I've never come across any video of her. Huh. I would love to see some if anyone has any. I think that would be super cool because um, she does a lot of up picking. I'd love to see her right hand. But um, an animated. <laughs> you see, there you go. Back to back to my origin story. Um, but yeah, so it's called Georgie, and uh, it's a cool little tune. It goes like this. I love that. I, yeah, I love those banjo tunes that like don't really have that many notes. Yeah. Uh, that, it, you know, it's just all about that like right hand kind of, uh, hmm. I don't even know what it, like it's brushy, but it's, it's also just, I don't know. It's just fun. I like, I love, um, I've, I've always loved the like sort of, the the less like meticulous sure. side of um, banjo playing, which is weird because in most of my life I'm like a total perfectionist. Is it possible the banjo is like a bit of a respite for? Might be, might be a little bit of that. Pro- what what <laughs> may be the most meticulous job ever created? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> a little bit. Stop motion animation. Um, so the banjo, like I I don't. I don't have any, like, dreams of, like, being, like, a professional musician of any sort. Um, so I can just kind of play what I like to play. Mm. And I've never been good at, like, learning tunes that, like, I didn't really like. I'm not someone that can, like, sit in a jam and if I'm, like, 
kind of half-heartedly into a tune, like, I'm not going to be able to play that well. Mm. Like, I just, I can't hear notes and music if I, if it doesn't, like, resonate emotionally with mm. me in some way. Um, which I think is a good thing for me, personally. It would be a bad thing if I was trying to make a living at being a musician. Yeah, sure. But for someone who just wants to play music for fun, um, I think that's kind of a benefit. Yep. It's like a little litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, and I just, um, yeah, I'm drawn to players that are, are within that sort of like kind of powerful, free sort of tradition of, you know, it, I mean, it sounds really good with guitar accompaniment, but it's not, um, sometimes the, you know, if I'm just playing that alone, you know, I don't even know how many times or sure. like what, um, you know, whichever, uh, which part, which part I'm playing, <laughs> how many times, you know, I, I'm not yeah. really thinking about that kind of stuff too often. So mm. it's a very like, and there's like real scholars of this kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there's a ton of people that can, you know, tell you all about, you know, how these styles developed and all that, you know, the specifics of, of, you know, the hand mechanics and I don't know, but, um, and I'm, you know, I can be a little bit of a nerd, but it's mostly, I mostly just kind of keep it fun, which has worked for me so far. <laughs> I could say that, like, as someone who has, like, when you have a passion in one thing... Yes. And especially if that works its way into... Like, if that's what you do for a living... Yeah. It's really, really nice to be able to... Expend energy in a, in a different... Totally. Create, to have a different creative thing... Yes. That itches... That scratches some of the same itches... But it's lower pressure... <laughs> that you can sort of, like... Do put runoff energy into for sure, and uh, there's there's something that it. I think it's just necessary for like sanity. Yeah, no, it 100 percent is, and especially, especially if like the other thing is both like also a passion and yes. your source of income. You know, it. I think you doubly doubly need the. The, the side interest or the extra yep. thing. I am a, a big... I was I was actually just on a an animation podcast recently. Oh, cool. And I feel like I talked about banjos way too much <laughs> on the animation podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, because it's... I don't know. It's an important facet of my life that, yeah. you know, is, is, um, is really... I don't know. I, I, you know, for the longest time... Like I was saying earlier, like music just wasn't a thing for me. And then when it did become a thing, yeah, it like really became a thing. Mm. I'm, I think I'm the kind of person that I know I'm the kind of person that like if I get interested in something, it's probably with me for life. And like, it's like a big interest. Like yeah. I'm, I don't like go into things half-heartedly ever. Yeah. Which um, you know can lead to sure. some obsession. 
<laughs> but I think yeah. for the most part, it's good. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, whatever my, my future child might tell me to like stop playing the banjo, you know, yep. I'm, I'm sure I'm bound for that, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. I, I would, I would love some updates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Play me another banjo tune. Yeah. What else so, are you gonna do? Um, I love the playing of Lee Sexton, who is a total Kentucky treasure. Um, he's, I think he's 93 now and still around. Um, mm. And, uh, He's in uh, up in Line Fork, Kentucky. I got to meet him once, maybe twice. I can't remember if I actually met him the second time, but I for sure met him once um, at uh, that Seed Time on the Fest or Seed Time on the Cumberland Festival, mm. and uh, I just I adore his playing. He plays both um, Clawhammer, which he calls Drop Thumb style. And um, he just doesn't say claw hammer. He just says no. Them. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those old Kentucky uh, banjo players kind of like scorn the like term claw hammer. I think it's like a revivalist thing or something. Yeah. Um, that that's really, I I've, seen, I've seen I've seen that behavior in in in, in certain online banjo personnel. Yes. <laughs> I have as well. Yeah. Um, Overhand or typewriter technique. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, but I think just regionally in in Kentucky, uh, yeah, a lot of it was called overhand. And yeah, whenever I've heard uh, Lee Sexton talk about it, like in, in clips where he's interviewed or whatever, he just calls it drop thumb style. Huh. Um which I kind of like. I I like that that term because I tend to do a lot of drop thumb when I'm playing clawhammer, and um, that resonates with me, I guess. Um, and but he also just plays the most beautiful two finger style imaginable. Like I feel like when I first heard his playing. Um, he played at the, the Seed Time Festival, and I'm almost positive that's the first time I'd ever heard any uh, two-finger banjo picking. And it just, like, it sounded like Kentucky to me mm. in a way that I don't know how to describe, but, like, it just, it was the sound of, like, that landscape, that place, and... I knew pretty much right away that like I wanted to learn how to do some of that. So I never had any lessons in two finger or anything, but just watching clips of the Sexton and, and I, I mean, there's quite a few good um, two finger banjo players out there. I mean, Paul Brown, you know, is an amazing two finger banjo player. Like I just, his playing as well is just so inspiring and um yeah so two finger two finger banjos is, is uh is really 
um, just a different sort of thought process. Like, I don't think about it the same way as when I'm playing claw hammer, drop thumb, overhand. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's the style that I've been playing probably the m most recently because mm, I feel like my apartment has kind of thin walls. Uh, and to like really play claw hammer stuff, I have to like kind of hit it pretty hard, hit the banjo pretty hard. And I feel like I can kind of quietly sit there and like yeah. play two finger banjo a little bit easier and not have my neighbors or my wife totally hate me. Um, so uh, all that to say, uh, I'm gonna play Lee Sexton's version of Cumberland Gap, mm. which I don't know, I've never heard another version like this. His like B part is really interesting, kind of spooky and um, it's just a really like kind of beautiful version of it. So we'll play that. Right on. <laughs> I should have let you know. <laughs> I forgot we were ending it on the A part. Oh, wow. What a cool tune. What a cool version. It's a weird one. The B part especially is... I don't know of anyone else that plays it like that other than people that are playing his version mm. of it. And I don't... I'm not someone that, like, usually plays things, like, note for note. There's people that are, like, really good at, like, sure. sitting down with a recording and being able to, like, play that. And I think that's super cool. And well, I kind of wish source, I could do that. Most source players don't play their own stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I... We'll call it like a Lee Sexton-inspired Cumberland Gap. 
Um, it sounded close to me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that um, when I, like, sit down and, like, try to learn a tune, I think, like, getting, like, the essence of it or, like, whatever makes that version of it feel like that version. And for me, in that one, it's that weird little, like, high B part that doesn't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just kind of there, but it's kind of spooky and cool. Yeah. Um, so I really like that about it. Hmm. Well, we have one more tune. Yes. And I guess this would be the, the part in the show where I normally say, like, do you have anything to plug or promote? And, like, <laughs> I guess you have, a, like, a super cool... But like kind of secret, you can't tell us all the details. But like, you have a cool, you have a cool movie coming out in like a hundred years when we finally finish <laughs> this movie. Yeah, you can watch it on Netflix. Yeah, um, and who knows what movies will be at that? Point. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have nothing to promote. Yeah, other um, than have have a side interest. That's yeah, an just like have fun, like music as like. Um, like a part of like the home even too just like yep. making making music not be an external thing like mm. instead of just like putting on music like on your phone or something I just love being able to like pick up the banjo and like yeah. entertain myself for a while mm. and I think that's really really important to me and I think a lot of maybe our culture has kind of lost that in a in some ways um i mean i'm not someone i love history and stuff but i'm not someone that like romanticizes the past you know there's a lot of it's tricky business a lot of awfulness <laughs> um but i think in that regard i think i think we have a very different relationship to music than we did yeah. you know a hundred years ago or whatever so sure. and not that any not that one is better or worse but I personally like having a relationship that is I don't have to like think about you know like what am I gonna like listen to to like keep up with you know the whatever like trend or something like I, I don't I don't know. I don't know anything about like what music is popular at all, and sometimes I feel it isn't that a relief? And sometimes I feel <laughs> bad about that, but because I'm like not engaged with you know the the world at large. WAP is the, really good in that regard. You should check that one out. I think it's great okay. and worth it. Other than that, I don't know. But so like I just so you know until until I kind of discovered this kind of music, I didn't have that. So, like, you know, the banjo and old-time music kind of gave me my first relationship with music, which is something that I think is super cool. And, you know, yeah, my, my plug is to encourage other people to just have a, a close relationship with um, music in the home and music for fun mm. and, uh, you know... If you're stressed, just pick up a banjo. Mm. Well, I don't have a link for that in the show notes, but <laughs> everyone should do it all yeah. the same. 
If people want to follow me on Instagram, they're yeah. more than welcome to. Uh, my handle or whatever is Ian Boone Animation. Um, I was saying this earlier. Like, I, I don't think my Instagram really satisfies anyone because there's probably too much banjo for animation, animation people <laughs> and probably not enough <laughs> banjo for, like, the banjo people. Um, so if you want to be a you know, somewhat dissatisfied Instagram viewer. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. Well, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed following you uh, and all of your like little animation like updates, like for all your story bots <laughs> yeah. work and stuff. It's been really fun. Yeah, no, it's it's fun stuff. Occasionally, I'll post um, you know a picture of like a, a beaver dam or a, a lake. You know, that's my other other thing that I'll post. So. Those are those are the big three: banjos, right. beavers, and animation. You know, perfect. Everyone. That's where me. it all started for you. So it's kind of like yeah. I said. Yeah. Once I pick an interest, it's just there. <laughs> like I don't get, I don't get to not be interested in something after a while. It's just I'm I'm cursed with <laughs> this life, these lifelong interests, which is pretty great. Yeah, it's a big curse. What do you want to play for this last tune? So, the last tune is um, one... So, like I was saying, when I sit down and learn a tune, I try to, like, learn the essence of the tune or the... Sure. the you know, as close as I can. Um, this one, I sat down, I was in some... I was in this, like, funky, like, C tuning that's, like, I think open C on the banjo. I think it's, like, like double C except the... Uh, first string is tuned up to an E. Um, and I was just playing around in that tuning and was like, oh, I should like learn a tune in this tuning. And then one of my favorite fiddlers is Jim Bowles, mm. um, another great Kentucky fiddler. And shirtwear. Yes. <laughs> the shirts are so fabulous. I know. Ah, so good. <laughs> and um, I love that version of Christmas Eve that he does. Mm. So I sat down to learn that tune and then listened to it, and I did, and, like, thought I learned it, and then I listened to it, like, I don't know, a few weeks later, a month later, and realized I didn't learn that tune. Um, like, I just had completely made something else up. Maybe people can write in and tell me if this is... It's definitely not the A part of Christmas Eve. Maybe I stole it from somewhere else and put it with the B part, which, again, is one of those funky banjo things that doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, my wife is um, really good at misremembering old-time tune names. Even better. Um, <laughs> she has a great memory for everything else. Yeah. Except old-time tune names. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. And so she'll be like, why don't you play that Jenny broke her leg in the mud and that should be a tune. It's not, but it should be. Yeah. Um, and But one time she said, uh, you should play that uh, Duck on a Mountain. Duck on a Mountain? It <laughs> makes no sense. It makes it's no so sense, <laughs> but it's amazing. I love the visual image. Oh, my God. I love... I just like how that sounds. So this, she was just like non-ironically, just like I think. So, I think she kind of knows okay. that it's a little <laughs> funny, but I think she, yeah. Um, so, um, 
Yeah, so I've been calling this tune Duck on a Mountain. It's like half Jim Bowles, Christmas Eve, half maybe something, something else. else. But we'll call it Duck on a Mountain for oh, now. awesome. I love it. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me here. It's been thank you, Ian. such a, a joy and, and treat to be on Get Up in the Cool. I'm Likewise. so honored. Thanks for being here. Let's, let's, let's do more before it gets too cold to oh, hang out outside. Yes, it's going to happen soon. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, so this is Duck on a Mountain. Maybe. Follow Ian on Instagram at Ian Boone Animation for more of his banjo playing and animation. And if you're curious, Beaver Creek, his first claymation show on YouTube, it's still there with the banjo playing beaver and everything. I recommend personally going to check that out. I know he didn't specifically promote that, but I think it's worth a watch. You can support Get Up In The Cool at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. Order a t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case, or mask at Get Up In The Cool's Teespring store. Make sure to like and follow Get Up In The Cool on Facebook so you can see the video I posted from this episode and share it with the world. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional banjo series. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside The Box Set. It's available in all the same places as Get Up In The Cool. And everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. <laughs>